MTR Network. Uh, this is Heroja and Joseph as part of the uh, Star Trek Disco crew. Uh, we are here buddying up to some on our away mission to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks second season. Uh, we're talking about episodes uh, one through four, which are Strange Inter- Energies. Kashan, his eyes open. We always have Tom Paris and Magato Ungato. And hold on a second, I have a dog issue. Maybe you want to uh, talk about your thoughts, Joseph, real quick. Okay, so a um, little bit of uh, backstory here. You guys missed one hell of a <laughs> podcast a few weeks ago uh, where we discussed the first episode. Um, the big thing about the first episode was basically the giant floating head of ransom and the return of the status quo to mariner and oh god i forgot um, her mom's uh uh captain freeman uh because they realized they hated working together like they did and they wanted to return back to normal so good on them for that because it was getting kind of awkward and ransom was getting kind of jealous and that was getting kind of weird um the poor security chief in in the second episode, he uh, was there just to turn into a puppet and then disappear. Um, I actually liked the second episode a lot because we got to get more. We, we had interaction with somebody else besides the core group. And we got to see how they worked with Jet and that would have been a <laughs> keep going. But the transporter accident a transport accident on the Titan brought our Boimler back. And that kind of stunk, but you know, it's part of Star Trek, right? That's that's how it goes. I thought that was like an interesting way for them to go about it. Um thought it was a little forced personally, story-wise. Like they had to figure out a way to make him come back. But at the same time, the way they interwove it to where I forgot who had it as a on their bingo card that that's how he was going to come back. A transporter accident. Probably Mariner. Probably Mariner, which was a a Boimer thing to do, which does kind of make sense for the character. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I would have loved to seen a little bit more of him on the Titan, if you will, before coming back in a different way. But again, like you said, it's kind of Star Trek. Yeah, I think he's going to be, I think we're going to revisit the Titan. I don't think we're done with it yet um, because we still have that episode that we have one of the previews for where they were on some sort of a planet somewhere and Boimler had on, had the Lieutenant JG rank. Yes. Yes. And it would be interesting to, to see how this plays out because it seems like that Boimler was like a little bit more confident, I would say, and is yeah. yeah rising up a little bit. So, and I'll say I like, this: um, Brad Boimler it seems more a little bit more confident now as well. Yes, um, he's making more decisions, if you will, like taking a bit more chances. Right. But yeah, I, I'm kind of like the changes that they have done for the season with the different characters and the way they've grown, if you will. Like Tindy is not so. She's still kind of clingy, but it's more directed into a, a better manner, if you will. We kind of saw that with Magato Gamato, where she had to like go around and 
scan everybody. Right. Eventually leading to the doctor. So it was channeled better. Uh, Mariner is still kind of Mariner, but she doesn't seem to be quite as reckless as last season, if you will. I don't know if that's just growth or of her just allowing for the her friends, if you will, to have more say in the, the type of actions that they do. I think it's a little bit of both. I think she's grown as both as a character and starting to trust, you know, the the other lower decks more, mm-hmm. which is high time because they are deeply flawed but very capable. Yes, they are deeply flawed people, but they do know how to do their jobs. Right. Um, we kind of saw that with Magato Gato, where <laughs> the boys basically were negotiating in such a, a super nerd math fashion. <laughs> I was like, of course, this is how Starfleet would negotiate. They'll be right. like, okay, Brandy like money. How do we do this to where the less harm is possible, but you know, we can still get what we want, but maybe not what we want. It was just, of course, that it was just, it was just like, a, it looked like a boardroom, if you will. Like they were pitching the Ferengi, their little pitch deck for like a startup. And it just made me laugh so much. Yeah. And the great part about it is it worked. <laughs> it did work. It did work. Um, and then we always have Tom Paris. I don't know what to think of that episode, really, personally. Um, I liked that that Robert um, Duncan McNeil uh, came back and did the voice and they were able to like keep it under wraps until about right before the, the season premiered. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, was it always, was he really there or was Bomer imagining it? I, I, I don't know with that episode, like if Tom Paris is really there or not. No, he was there. He was there. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Because uh, um, he did, he was on the bridge at first, um, they were, uh, taking a tour and giving motivational speeches. Mm-hmm. So you know that was that that was good to see Robert Duncan McNeil, uh, McNeil um, reprising the character mm-hmm. in both regular form and plate form. <laughs> they have those plates, by the way, um, on the Star Trek website because they just do. they just know us so well. <laughs> it's like. Oh, I want those plates. Did your did anyone in your family ever collect plates? I think my grandparents did. What plates did they collect? Oh God, you asked me a question I cannot remember. My grandmother was Elvis. She had the Elvis collection, and we were never. She had it displayed, and we were never allowed to touch it. She had she had the Elvis collection. She was obsessed with Elvis, but I would I always think of. When I see something like that, those kind of kishi kitsch type of deals, I always think of my grandmother because she just, she just always, and they were like ridiculous price even then. I think they were like twenty nine ninety nine or something like that, like mm-hmm. outlandish for what they were. And they, I don't think they were very well made personally, yeah, but, but yeah. So there's that. We always have Tom Paris, which is kind of a play on a, a bunch of different things there. Right. Um, cause Sean, his eyes open. I like the episode for a lot of his Easter eggs, but the thing with this season, which it worked very well last season with the kind of inside Star Trek jokes, mm-hmm. I think they're doing it a little too much. I think they're breaking kind of the fourth wall a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. Um, 
lots of winks and nods to the history mm-hmm. of, of the of the series, which you know is fine, but let's dial it down just a little bit. Yeah, like of the it really it not that particular episode, episode two, um, mm-hmm. but episode four, it, it kind of brought me out because Mariner made the joke, "Oh, are you guys a throwback to the last outpost? Is that what this is?" And I was like. <laughs> Really, guys? Come on. I mean, yeah, but I don't be, know. To be fair, they did do that a lot in the first season, too. They did, but I think it, it was woven in better. It was balanced out. Maybe because it was, the joke was done last season and I'm aware of the joke more. Maybe I'm just noticing it. It's the whole red car syndrome. Yeah, probably. But yeah, uh, but overall, I these these episodes are are very well done. I I like the energy from them. I think there's you know they're self contained yet they still carry some threads a little bit, but it's not. I guess you can say too serialized, just like last season. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing the growth of the characters and the and the way they're interacting and, and doing different things. Um, I I I I think. You know, this is probably one of the more better, well-run Star Trek series that we we've seen so far. I think so. Um, which both I think kind of bodes well for the new ones coming up. If this is the kind of like the dynamic that they have, like the balance that they're having with the with the show, mm-hmm. uh, it makes me look forward to Star Trek Prodigy um, and uh, Star Trek New Worlds. Uh, New Worlds, I'm really looking forward to that. Yes, it's supposed to be serialized, uh, you know, going to planets and talking to new peoples and, and things of that nature. I think, though, that the, the fan base that kind of screamed for that thinks that somehow that's not going to be SW Day or whatever issues they have with like the new trick or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, be careful what you wish for, guys, because I, I, I don't think you're, you're reading the room right. Um but what 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 I have I got some notes on here. What I wanted to say. Um, oh, the naming of these episode titles. Um, the only one I didn't get was Magato Gamato. Um, you had some thoughts on that. Like, do you know where that's a reference to? Because pretty much all these episode titles so far have been referencing like um, other shows or, or Shrek lore, if you will. Right. Uh... Mugatu Gumato is named as such because no one could pronounce that character's name right. It gets pronounced several different methods in the episode itself. <laughs> Even and at the end credits, the the person who played the Mugatu was credited as the Gumato. So, <laughs> really, yes, I did uh, not. I'm gonna have to look at watch the episode again and look at that. They were they, they they were just all over the place, and it was mm-hmm. funny. It was it was hilarious. Uh, but as far as the episode itself goes, I thought it was a fine episode. I could have done without the um, Mugatu um, threesome. I really could have done without that. Mm-hmm. Like if I never see that again, it'll be too soon. Yeah, I thought that was a little tasteless, even yeah. for Star Trek. Um, and this is a series. This is a, 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 a and we've seen Klingon nipples. So if we mm-hmm. think that's a, 
uh, getting it on is too much, then yeah, it's far too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, a name that, sh- that episode that should not be named anymore, but, uh, from Star Trek discovery, you know, I understand what they were kind of going for, but I was like, really guys, really? Yeah, was like, that, uh, that was the bridge too far. Yeah, it was. Um, but overall, like you said, overall, I think these episodes that that particular episode was fine. I I think the whole what's the character's name? The the Bajoran security guard that came back. Uh, Shax. Shax, yes, like because he comes back, and they all they're not supposed to ask how he comes back because you're not supposed to know, but Rutherford needs to know. Eighty. He has to know whatever, and he's told, and it freaks him out a bit. And I was like, huh. It took me a while to think about it for a bit, but I was thinking, like, all because we see mostly from the bridge perspective of all the things that happened to them. Mm-hmm. So I imagine if you're a lower decks person, it's a great mystery how like all this fantastical stuff happens and you allegedly died or whatever, and you sort of come back, how that's kind of like a mythical kind of a deal. Like it's some kind of voodoo magic type of a a thing. And you're probably not even supposed to ask about it because it's kind of traumatic or whatever, but (laughs) just the way they broke it down, it just, it also like, it made me think about previous you know, series and stuff, but also made me kind of laugh because he was just like, Rupert was just totally freaked out and he was still freaked out even the next episode a little bit, if you will. Yep. Well, they did, he did, they did say, don't ask. Don't ask. And he, and he, he found out the question. He couldn't help himself because he has to know. Right. He has, he, that's this, this part of the character. But I also like with her change because he did get kind of like, brain zapped if you will that he's still like that but it's not at 11 stop back a little bit and and his friends are more integrated into the things that he he loves like they they prompt him if you will like uh, boimer did like hey isn't that stuff like you like how to say magato magato the proper way of saying it and refers like yeah (laughs) yeah i I do like that you know he like we mentioned before, is growth. They're growing. They're they're not the same um, characters they were in the beginning uh, at in last season, and that's good because you have to grow. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, with Mariner, I'm wondering, like, as the series progresses, like these characters, it seems like they're trying to build them up to be like you know, proper Starfleet officers, if she's going to go on the journey with them this time around, or is she going to want to stay at the lower decks? I I wonder. Eventually hmm. she is going to become, she's going to accept that promotion because is she, she, she's not the same person she was before. Mm-hmm. She opened herself up or she's more, she actually has friends and they seem to trust each other more. Mm-hmm. I think she was, like you mentioned in the, in the last episode, it was just an act um, to, because she didn't have any friends. She was always a loner. But now she has friends and she's willing to actually accept that and grow. So I think we'll see Mariner 
we'll see all of them take a promotion eventually and Mariner will be right along with them. Yes, because we know from from Gato Gato, the, the latest episode, that she they because the boys, you know, Boimer and Redford go through her actual file and they're like all these like weird things and that she has been promoted but gets demoted. And we kind of seen that through her flashbacks. And she, you know, like she said in that episode, like she really didn't have any friends. That's why she was like this super martial arts person. Like she's not like she started that rumor because she just didn't want weirdos and jerks to be messing with her. And that's at the same time as I had a Mariner thing. But at the same time in that episode, when what is the name of the martial arts that they were trying to do? Oh, God, I, I know what it is, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. But the way she was like, oh, gloves off kids gloves off and she starts kicking their their butts there and i'm like i i i played with that type of person <laughs> um when they think you're like at a certain level and you're just like i just i achieved the status of getting here and like i think i might be at your level but god damn you take this competitor thing a little too far i still just want to play a game <laughs> <laughs> and she was like super serious and she just molly walked up if you will and it was funny but it's like oh i know that person that's why i don't play games with that person they just oh 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 no 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 um uh, what about you joseph did you have you met that type of person or are you that type of person <laughs> i'm definitely not that kind of, that type of person i don't um i'm not competitive at all if i can help it mm-hmm. So yeah, no, not 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 I. No, I'm I'm competitive enough to like I'll I'll have fun with the thing and try to win, but I am not to the point where I have to annihilate people to order to win. Like no. <laughs> and the martial art was Anbo Jitsu. Anbo Jitsu. Okay. Yeah. So which we saw originally, I guess, in uh, NG, and they've carried it on. It's interesting they haven't explained why there's different set of uniforms. Like Titan is still in the kind of DS9 era uniform, and mm-hmm. I don't know what era of uniforms these guys are considered. Um, their own, I guess their own. Yeah, I hope they keep that up. I hope we like because that used to be something that um, the original Star Trek show did was each ship had different insignias and different mm-hmm. style uniforms so that would be nice to see that kind of carries on when we see something a different ship other than the titan on this um on this show but the most part i've you know i've really enjoyed it it's a nice fresh you know fresh of breath air if you will of, mm-hmm. when it comes to television it's not too serious i don't have apple tv so i've not seen ted lasso I know everyone talks about how that's supposed to be like a joyful thing, happiness right now. But for me, this, this right here, this is my happiness. Like turning this on, I've watched a couple of them a, a few times already, especially strain injuries. The first one I watched that like three or four times. Um, it just makes, it's, it's just fun. It's nice to have some fun. Yeah. Fun is good. Uh, is there anything you would like to add Joseph to this review? Um, no, I mean, I've been enjoying what I've been seeing so far. Uh, uh, Mugato 6, notwithstanding. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where Lower Decks ends. I'm really looking forward to seeing how Prodigy is going to be. Because <laughs> that opening, that intro looks great. So 
Um, have you seen the the fan made where they added the um, Enterprise theme song to it? No, I'm not going to. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate the Enterprise theme, mm-hmm. but I don't need to hear it. Oh, okay. Hey. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of Prodigy, um, if you're not aware of this, um, you know, Paramount Plus, which was CBS, um, it's basically going to be dropping like a year's worth of Star Trek. Uh, they've been slowly releasing information. Like they released the opening sequence for Star Trek Prodigy, which is supposed to start, my understanding, sometime later this year. So sometime in the fall. And it's going to be both on Nickelodeon and Paramount Plus. So you'll be able to catch it. You don't have to have a different service or anything like that to get it if you already have Paramount Plus. Um. I imagine when Star Trek Day, which is next week, the ninth, which is next next Wednesday, next Wednesday the eighth, there's going to be probably a bunch. uh, There's supposed to be a trailer for Star Trek: uh, Strange New Worlds, which I'm looking uh, forward to. Which I am also looking forward to. They have actually wrapped up that first season of Star Trek: New Worlds. And that's supposed to be releasing, according to official information, uh, next year. But Star Trek Discovery Season 4, I don't think they're going to make it the final production for this year, their goal. Um, Because the Season 4 filming has had a lot of delays because of COVID. And they've had some recent delays because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine, I can't see them with the, how heavy the the special effects are for that show. Um, that they'll be that it's probably going to come out next year. It's not going to make it. Uh, originally, it was going to plan out to come out in the fall at some point or towards the end of the year. I don't. I don't imagine that they are because uh, they're still filming. Um, pick up. Glad if it does. <laughs> I I was super glad if it does. Um, right as soon as Laura Dex ends, and we just roll into the next Star Trek. But maybe it'd be just everything dumps in twenty 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 two, which is which is fine by me. Yep. Um, Star Trek Picard season two just wrapped up. Um, those were there's like big news with that one. Um, they're supposed to film season three back to back, so they finished whatever they needed to do for that season. And it's supposed to come out that season supposed to come out next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to pick up and start season three. And then, uh, as I said, strange new worlds is coming out next year. And supposedly we're supposed to have a star Trek movie, which I wonder if star Trek day, they'll have much clearer uh, details on that. Uh, we do. Know. We do have a director. Um, yes, yeah, uh, Matt Shakin, isn't it? The guy who directed WandaVision? Yes, which given the way WandaVision was filmed, I, I think he ha- will have like a very interesting palette, if you will, for Star Trek. So I look forward to seeing that, if you will. Um, it's still going to have some J.J. Abrams influence on it. It's supposed to come out in 2023, which is not that far away. Right. So they would have to start filming like some point next year. Yeah. Like early next year and then have all the effects done. Um and given the way COVID has rankled everything, I don't know if they'll make that date, but hopefully they will. Fingers crossed. Um it'd be nice to see it. 
It would be nice to see it. It's been what? How long has it been since the last Star Trek movie? Um, Star Trek Beyond, right? Then that was uh, 2016. So we're looking at six years so far. Nope, five years. Five years. That is quite a bit of time as far as the movie goes. Right. Um, And they were kind of slow with the sequels as it is. I do believe that the the Kelvin Universe Star Trek crew is coming back for this new one. So that in itself would be interesting because the actors, of course, are much older. Um, We have no idea what the storyline is going to be. So and this probably might end up being the last film for them. Uh, But yes, Star Trek, you know, 2009 was in the first Star Trek film of this Mm -hmm. crew came out. And then it's 2013. And then 2016. So, yeah, it's it's been a while. And I don't know where they will go from there as far as um, my understanding is when it comes to Star Trek, they do want to have more films out where they're going to take that. Um, as we've already talked about, they already have a bunch of Star Trek shows going on. So basically Paramount is building out the Star Trek universe, if you will. And I'm here for it. I'm here for all things Star Trek. And right now they have enough of a wide breadth of different styles, if you will, that you can find a Star Trek for yourself. Right. I mean, if you're into animation, if you're into more like humor stuff, you got Lower Decks, a potentially prodigy. If you're really into the kind of high, hard sci-fi things that might be strange new worlds for you. And if you're looking for serialized drama or like high stakes drama, that's like discovery. And I'm, I'm loving it. I I don't, I would never imagine like little seven year old me who watched the premiere of Star Trek next generation. And this is the world of geekdom, if you will, I'm living in the Star Trek world, just in general, so much stuff is happening when it comes to sci-fi and fantasy stuff. Like, they just dropped the trailer for The Wheel of Time, which I personally have never read those books, but I know so many people that have. And I'm happy for them because this is a, you know, a series that's like 13 books long and they've always wanted something like this. And that's happening. Uh, Foundation, which I never that Isaac Avanoff series. I is one of those things that people thought it was unfilmable, if you will. It's being filmed. Dune. I should have listened to you, Joseph. I believe you warned me about Blade Runner 2049. Um, I saw that movie. It was terrible. Listen to uh, me now. Believe me later on. Yeah. Uh, Dune is dropping at the end of the year. And I was excited. But then I saw Blade Runner 2049. And now I'm concerned. But it looks so pretty. <laughs> I've, you know, some reviews are out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, for, I've seen that, you know, people have said it's very pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. The story is flat or lacking. That, but see, that's the thing about Dune. People are here for the story. <laughs> I love the prettiness of sci-fi, but I, I, there are certain stories that are, I'm here for the story and Dune is one of them. Right. Um. So I'm, I'm very hesitant on that. I maybe I shouldn't. I should have listened to you, and I would still have had starry eyes going in to see Doom, which 
might have been one of those movies I might have risked going to the movie theater for. But now I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that was. And then, of course, you have Marvel doing all this Marvel stuff. There's a Marvel movie coming out this weekend, the, the Shang-Chi Ten Rings. Um, yeah, uh, I really want to see Shang-Chi, but I'm not going to watch it. Not in theaters. Oh, I'm not going to watch it in theaters either. Um, I'm waiting for the drive-in to open up here, and then maybe I might go back to the movie theaters, but I'm not going into a physical building like that. I'm waiting for uh, Disney premiere. Oh, <laughs> Next month. Next month, it comes out next month on DC Premiere. I will pay my $30 for it then. I'm going to have to have like a couple people over or something to drop 30 bucks for a movie. Like, is it for 24 hours? Like, it's forever hmm. as long it's, as you have Disney Plus. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I just pay it one time and it doesn't expire. That's it. Oh, I didn't know that. No one said that. Okay, well then I have no problem dropping thirty bucks then because it's like buying a DVD right. like with the first week it comes out. Oh well, then in that case, I might I might just do that. I might just drop the thirty dollars then. Okay, good on you, Disney, because the the price point was the thing that I was kind of hesitant on because it was cheaper for me to go to the movie theaters if I was going to risk it, right? Or just wait for it to come out free like Corella did just recently. Um, because I already have Disney Plus. Um, but again, I don't plan it has Disney Plus at this point. Uh, I think it is like a, a requirement. Like, as soon as you get born, you get your Disney Plus subscription. It's Netflix, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, and your Apple phone. Well, <laughs> you know? I ain't going to go that far with the Apple phone, but. But I mean, it's 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 to the point that yes, like everyone has Disney Plus. You could be like in the middle of nowhere. You could be on. I bet you there's somebody in Antarctica. One of those scientists has a Disney Plus subscription. Oh, you know they get, do. And getting their Disney Plus on. Mm-hmm. They they must they must though they ha- they got internet. It's good enough for them to get the the streaming service. Right. To watch something, yeah. Um, how if if one of these space moon rich dude dick guys the Disney Plus is already there. <laughs> Disney Plus is already on on the moon. Okay, that's just just how the mouse rolls. Okay, it's already ready. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a great time to be alive here to geekdom. There's all these different variety of different types of styles of shows, different aesthetics. It's it's just nice where whether it's 2022 or it continues on from this year into the next, we're gonna have like. So much Star Trek. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know if I can get all the things associated with with a Star Trek because Star Trek Prodigy, if you guys have not had the opportunity to watch the opening sequence, I don't think it's too much spoilers, but it's it's so beautiful. Uh, I didn't know. And well, I've seen a lot of animations, different stuff, but just for Star Trek and just for this particular style that they're doing. It's just very beautiful. It's, it's just gorgeous. And I'm excited. I'm just, it's just, ugh. So much happening. And I can't wait for it all. I, I don't, like I said, I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, I never imagined as a Trekkie fan that this is, this is the world I could be living in. And it's a nice little world for the moment. 
if you don't think about the outside world or anything else. Because, <laughs> but enough of the ugh. Uh, well, I, do you have anything else to say, Joseph, or any of the Star Trek news or quips you want to add or things you're looking uh, forward to? We have a, they, they have, they, they've announced someone, uh, English is hard. They've announced a new board queen. Yes, they did. Um, I don't remember what her name is. Uh, it's Susan Wiseman or Wiseman. She um, has been actually like this is something Star Trek does. She has been on Star Trek before. She was on Enterprise as a character. No, no Annie Worsling. Annie, Annie Worsling. That's what, that's that's who's taking over for Alex Alex Krieg. She was um, in First Contact and Voyager. Mm-hmm. And Susanna Thompson was in Voyager as well. Mm-hmm. So Annie Worsing, Worsing, God, she was in Runaways and the Vampire Diaries. Yes, she was in Vampire Diaries. And um, I've seen her in other things as well. She's a good actress. She very much looks the part. I have no idea with some of the cast announcements that they made for season two of Picard what that show is going to be about. I mean, they dropped the trailer. It looks bonkers. Uh, the producer for this season is Terry Maltels, who did 12 Monkeys uh, for long-term listeners of the show. The doctor and I reviewed that show and had a lot to do with time travel. And obviously time travel is part of this particular season, not to mention Jonathan Delance is back as Q. Um, I have no idea. It just everything that's coming out just sounds bonkers, and I just i I look forward to it. I look forward to it. I, I'm, I'm going in open eyes. Uh, I, I, I'm excited. I like the characters. I kind of like who they've added on to the show. So it it'd be interesting. Yeah, I do have a question for you, Joseph. As someone who is um, watches Star Wars. Um, and then watch Star Trek here. Who do you think was a bigger surprise reveal? The reveal of Jerry Ryan or the real Mark Hamill at the end of The Mandalorian? Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill? Yeah. Okay. If yeah. they never revealed Jonathan DeLance and they kept that under wraps for season two, would that have been a big Mark Hamill reveal for you or no? Mm-hmm. It would have? Yes. I've been, I was thinking that recently. Uh, with some of the news that they've been dropping. And I understand, like, for marketing purposes, they want to drum up interest. But I was like, that would have been a nice reveal. They just kept it quiet. Right. And he just showed up and you've been like, oh! It's John Delancey. Oh, my goodness. Oh, but, it's, it's cute. He's here. You know, that would have been nice. I don't think it's possible for them to do that with Star Trek now. I think they've that would have been the one. They've been the queue. Mm-hmm. I don't. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. And they announced the board queen. I was like, mm. I mean, I'm glad for the announcement. I like the actress and it makes the, the second season more intriguing, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hmm, it would have been nice to have that Jerry Ryan reveal. It would have been nice to have that Mark Hamill drop where you have no idea that this person was going to be there or part of the story and bam. And so you know, woven in there and be Star Trek, but that's just my thought. Right. 
Okay. Well, that's it for us, guys. Uh, we'll be back, I would say, in four more episodes, possibly. Sounds um, about right. Yeah, we're going to do these in chunks. Uh, I think that's the best bet for these reviews here. Uh, yeah. And then, then and the last two together. So that makes sense. There's only 10 episodes uh, for this season. There is a third season of Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, and I believe they're doing the voice work for it now. So that's something also to look forward to. I'm just all day Star Trek. But uh, thank you guys very much for listening. I'm Horosia. And I'm Joseph. And this is us out for now. Bye.